0: All right. Hello. Today is my first time recording with a guest on this podcast. This podcast is Sunrise Life, and we are connecting with others and expressing ourselves through model photography. And this is how I know the guests that we have on the show today, Jules. We've never met in person before, but it's our first time talking on the phone, and I'm sure that because we're in the same industry, we're going to have a lot of interesting things to jive on. So welcome, Jules, to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, and nice to e-meet you, I guess, or phone meet you, podcast meet you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so great to be able to connect with people like across the world uh, just through Podcasting and social media, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How long have you been modeling?
1: So, yes, I'm Jules. Hello, Jules here. And I've been modeling kind of on and off uh, since uh, I was a teenager, really. I, I kind of dabbled just for fun and fashion stuff. Um, and I'm from the Southwest. I generally don't give my specific location, but uh, I spend a lot of time in California and have modeled in Los Angeles there. But I actually got my start as a model doing figure study sessions when I was in college. Uh, I got really, really into it and was posing all the time and had a little special savings set aside from my art model jobs, you know and then um it kind of just evolved from there and so it's been i guess yeah 10 10 plus years now that uh i've been doing that so and are you doing this full-time yes i do it's a full-time it's a funny question because it's like yes i do uh this is my main job but i don't necessarily do it you know 60 hours a week or whatever uh, because it's a freelance thing. So the timing is uh, negotiable, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I dabble in a lot of things. I have a lot of side hustles, but I am completely freelance. I consider myself an artist and a model, kind of an artist before a model, because I dabble in photography and I dabble in, I've dabbled in every single art form that I could um, get my hands on from age you know, zero. So that's so cool. Uh, kind of yeah, photography and modeling hand in hand, and it's a surprising path that I found myself on.
0: I did creep on your Instagram page a little bit more today, just before we started chatting, and I saw on your highlight reel that you had your photography, and that you have a YouTube channel also, and TikTok, and all you have all these other like places that you post your media. Mm-hmm. That's really cool yeah absolutely absolutely have you ever had any other jobs before like Mm -hmm. becoming a full-time freelancer
1: yeah so it's kind of funny because i think before i became a full-time freelancer in 2016 the in 2015 i never would have thought that that would be possible i could not even imagine how anybody could freelance anything and I worked various jobs. Uh, I studied biology in college and then decided I wanted to go into different fields and was maybe going to be a teacher. And then I worked in uh, kind of human services. I worked in the last job that I had before freelancing was um, I worked in a kind of a homeless shelter, transitional housing residence for for folks um, at a nonprofit. And so that was my last Non freelancing job, and then I worked uh, in film and doing camera, you know, behind camera stuff in Los Angeles a lot uh, while I was um, getting into modeling. So,
0: wow, that is actually really amazing that you did the help at the homeless shelter and that you did the camera work in Los Angeles. It sounds like you've had like a wide variety of different types of experiences.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I have.
0: When it comes to other Like previous forms of income that you've had, like working at the homeless shelter, do you find that modeling is more or less fulfilling for you? Like, how how do you feel like in your day to day, like happiness and fulfillment when it comes to modeling? Uh,
1: As far as happiness and fulfillment goes with modeling, that's it's a good question. It's really ebbs and flows and. There are many days when I just think I want to just do something else entirely. And I, and I do build my life towards having another career option in the future if I so choose. Um, but it's always still going to revolve around that art and photography and um, whatnot. So I think it really depends on the kind of the day and kind of the most recent pile of shoots or interactions that I've had with. Photographers or, or even people online who want to do a photo shoot and uh, I have to really just mitigate my energy um, because sometimes it can be really draining and other times it is so empowering and so energizing and I'm learning more and more how to recognize of those people and those opportunities. That sooner so that I can associate with them and less so with with the opportunities that might be a little bit more taxing
0: yeah I really feel you on that I found that in my experience when I first started full-time freelance modeling I had kind of like come out of a really rigid life transition like I got fired and I had to quit mm-hmm. drinking and stuff um And I found that I started off just pretty much taking whatever gigs I could and I was working Mm -hmm. with all these GWCs. And for any listeners that don't know what a GWC is, it's a guy with camera who doesn't necessarily have good intentions or artistic value to his photography. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, I I was working with tons of just kind of like weird old guys that kind of talk to you funny. And over, I've been modeling since I was 18, and I'm 35 now, so a long time. And over the course of time, I've noticed in the last five years or so that my uh, resilience for just weird or creepy or inappropriate behavior has diminished. Like, I, I cannot tolerate it anymore. Have you found that with yourself as well?
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I Definitely am on that same page. I feel like these days I'm more articulate with saying, no, I don't I don't care if it's going to hurt someone's feelings Um, and knowing when to have that self-preservation. Yeah, definitely relate to that.
0: (laughs) But you've probably been able to, like, raise your rates over time and market yourself more effectively so that you can get more of the gigs that are Worthwhile and inspiring and maybe less of the ones that are just doing it for the money
1: type thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an interesting balance because it it is my, you know, for all intents and purposes, my, my full time or my main job. And I do have online platforms that, um, you know, uh, contribute to that too. But the, uh, I mean, the thing is it's, there are so many shoots that I could want to do or if I were to travel, You know, things are different in other, on other continents, other countries as far as art modeling. And there are a lot of shoots that I might want to do, but if I'm only trying to pay my bills and that's my main job, it's really, really hard to take those kind of, I guess, trade opportunities, even if I want to. And it's, um, so it really is also finding that balance of like getting the online side income so that I can not have to take every single shoot just because it's paying and maybe I can do some that really fuel my artistic drive and and hopefully there's an intersection of the two and I'm so freaking lucky that there is a majority of the time I I'm so I just am so grateful to be in this um, line of work and just to be able to kind of be my own boss really as it is so
0: yeah heck yeah I fully agree with that it is it is a lot of work and a lot to deal with but in the end you get to make your own hours and you get to meet interesting people and have Mm -hmm. different experiences every day which is connecting which is part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast so that I can connect with other people about our interesting experiences (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and I love that I love that you're doing this
0: on that note, I would like to introduce a segment that I want to become a regular thing on the show for pure entertainment value. let us It's called the photoshoot fail of the week. Something crazy that happened at a photoshoot, whether the photographer themselves was crazy or the scenario was crazy. What is your photoshoot fail story that sticks in your mind the most?
1: This is such a good question, and I think I get it a lot when I talk about what I do. Um, I did have, kind of give it some thought and kind of try to think through all the years. And what I've noticed is I really tend to block things out. I kind of will paint a picture of a memory that I knew was bad. I know this person was not good. And if I don't write and remember the specific details, I just block it out. I remember something happened. But um, there was one shoot that I remember. A lot of the details um, that were so atrocious, and it started off uh, a lot of red flags, which now uh, I recognize. This was uh, 2018, so a, a little while ago. I've learned to recognize these red flags in communication up front and avoid. Um, and it's a it's an interesting story to tell to like the lay person, the non you know art model person who doesn't know much about this world, because I had a photographer come to my Airbnb, which it seems crazy if you just tell your average like person walking down the street, <laughs> but uh, you know, with, with a little trust, uh, this, this kind of thing is pretty common, especially if I'm traveling and they might not have a great place to shoot. So this person, I was in um, Florida on a tour and he wanted to come to the shoot at the Airbnb, which was fine. Just do a short shoot. But the first red flag was that he texted me saying something like, Oh, I don't, know if I'm going to have a place to stay tonight or something like that and I was like that's weird like is he asking me you know to say that's definitely not going to happen and um, then so the second red flag which is always a red flag for me in a photo shoot even though I know that it could be okay with the right people um, he wants to drink so he starts drinking um, in my Airbnb and I also was talking about some prescription drugs he might have been on or something just red flags popping up all over the place and this person is already in my apartment so I'm like well let's just get this over with it was supposed to be like a I don't know maybe a one or or two hour shoot or something something like that or maybe it was like one hour with maybe we're gonna do an extra hour something like that I don't um recall the time frame but he's drinking he's offering me you know which always uh, just never, never a good situation. Um, whenever I've had any alcohol at at a shoot, even if I know the person, uh, better than this. So long story short, he's kind of getting a little bit, you know, a little, not sauced, but he was slurring. He seemed a little, a little bit tipsy. Maybe he was sauced and he breaks a light bulb. Um, and it was one of those, it was CFL light bulbs, which um, in my photography experience, I know it should be, they released Mercury. Um, so I was like, well, let's get this out of here right now. Like you need to clean this up and we're done with the shoot. Um, we were going to do a couple more shower shots or something like that. And I just said, you know what, we're we're just done now. This is, I don't, I don't want to have broken glass in my Airbnb like this, you know, it's a hazardous thing. And, and I just like to, you know, it wasn't ending the shoot early. It was just, saying, we're not going to get those last few shots that might have put us over our, our two hour lot or whatever it was. It was done. And so he says, OK, uh, goes out to his car to maybe get money or whatever. And I'm kind of waiting a little too long. And I realize that he's leaving without paying me, which has never happened to me ever wow. in my life. Um, I've been scared that someone wasn't going to pay me or someone has negotiated. You know, a little harshly at the end of uh, what we've already after we've already negotiated. So I run out to the driveway in this town I've never been to and, um, you know, an Airbnb in my robe and I like knock on his window and I said, hey, we didn't, you know, settle up. And he goes, oh, well, we didn't get this last few shots. And I said, we well, still have to pay me, you know, like we still <laughs> we still shot. It's, um, you know, you've caused this kind of disruption in my Airbnb. Like, you know, here's my Venmo you can pay me right now before you go. And he was trying to drive off and pay me later. I said, no, you're paying me right now. And so he did end up sending me, but it was like, I don't know, like half of what we agreed on ahead of time or something like that. And it was just, it was like, good get out of here. And he peels off into the night. And it was like, I was on this long tour too. I had gone, I was in between leases. I had been to Chicago and New York and Philadelphia and all these places in between. And, here I am in Florida after all of that. And this was like one of my first, I think maybe first experiences in this new state. And I was just, oh, I was just floor. I was just exhausted and just laid out, I think, for for a few days after that. Um, so I think that's probably my most horrific story. And there are others that, like I said, I'm just I just block them out. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh. that's pretty crazy. And well, I guess you're lucky that nothing worse happened and even though he underpaid you, that, that is pretty crappy that I can't believe that he was going to just drive off without paying you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and you're right though. It's just like, I'm so glad nothing worse happened. And having someone kind of unpredictable like that in my Airbnb, who's on drugs and alcohol, and I don't know him at all. And, you know, it was, it could have been so much worse. I, I'm so lucky that nothing uh, Works has never really happened to me. What what part of Florida was that again? That was in Orlando. Um, so yeah. Have you um
0: ever since that experience at your Airbnb have you had to make other precautions to make sure that other weirdos don't like pull some weird stuff at an Airbnb?
1: Um yeah I think. For me, my main precautions are the communication that I have with the photographer ahead of time, the uh, research on their social medias, their websites, whatever they have out there, asking other models about them and really just getting a feel for how I just I just have these spidey senses in my messages and I can just tell when something is going to be off. And even when I've Ask to model friends about someone, and I feel something's off. I swear to you, it has always been true. Even if girls are like, "Oh, yeah, he was okay," or maybe he was a little weird. There, for my in my experience, just those little subtle ways that photographers communicate tell me so much about what it's going to be like working with them. It's it's so easy to read a message from someone who's so excited about your artistic work, and and they want to create these amazing shots with you. It's It's so much it's so clear to me what people's intentions are and not all the time and all communication styles are different. A loss gets a lot gets lost in translation um, with written communication, too. So there's it's not always perfect, but generally I just really, really listen to my gut and know that it's really never wrong in these situations.
0: I know what you mean about being able to read an email and having that spidey sense. I I know that at the beginning of my career, I didn't have that. But over the course Mm -hmm. of time, finding out that people that were sending a message that was really short or vague, Mm -hmm. like, hey, want to shoot? Or Mm -hmm. I I like your look, let's shoot sometime. Or if they have really bad grammar. A lot of them have really short messages, though, and they don't even like – send a link to their work or message you anything specific about what kind of style of photos they'd like to create with you, I find that the ones that are going to be weird or push your limits are usually as vague as possible in the in the initial messages.
1: Yes, absolutely. I can totally see that. It's like, well, you know, I have a lot of messages to field, so why don't you just tell me what you want and then I already know and I don't have to go asking all these questions that we should already be you know, talking about if you're if you're serious about shooting.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like it might be if, if they're giving you a vague message, perhaps it's because they feel like if they're as vague as possible, then they can show up and try to push your limits and say, oh, well, we didn't talk about this in advance. So sorry, or something like that. The more vague they are, the more wiggle room they're giving themselves to try and pull something when they get to the shoot.
1: Absolutely. 100 percent. Yeah, I, I like to I like to know exactly what we're going to do ahead of time, everything, uh, no, no surprises on the shoot, you know, and, and obviously maybe if they want to say, Hey, do you have extra time? Can you shoot for another couple hours? Like what's your rate? There are certain changes I can make, but not negotiating what, you know, what we're already going to shoot or asking me if I can, if I can accept less when we've already, I'm already at their location, you know, things like that. I need to have it solid before we, set a set a time and date and I show up
0: so yeah I know exactly what you mean if, if it's a yeah. good surprise then great like if they brought you snacks then that's yeah. a super bonus <laughs> love it when they bring snacks
1: snacks they're always good
0: <laughs> so when you're touring are you constantly touring or do you fly to a city and then fly back home or do you just drive in a huge circle for several months like how do you do your trips
1: that's a good question they've kind of Ben, I guess each one is different. The first time I did a tour was, like I said, I was between leases. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it and go all over the country. And I did, and it was so much work, but um, amazing. And uh, so that that kind of a long trip, long-term tour, multi-city, multi-state is something that's, so much work as a single like person like I'm an individual you know it's just me I don't have a manager so um the reason when I did I, I drove I drove to Texas and did a little kind of mini Texas New Mexico tour and that was really nice I like driving and so uh I feel like it depends on how far it is and how because once you if you drive somewhere, you have to drive all the way back home. It's it's not so you can just like hop on a plane and be home. It's this whole return journey that uh, can be a lot after having all these shoots and maybe you just want to get home. So it really depends on like if I'm going to like fly across if I'm going to go across the country to New York, for example, I'm probably going to fly. Um, but yeah, it just depends. I think I like doing Kind of week long, week, 10 day long tours, uh, driving around in a loop and seeing some sites and doing some of my own photography. But it can also be really nice just to fly to Chicago and back or New York and back. So kind of mix it up a little bit. That's cool. That's good to mix it up so it doesn't get
0: too repetitive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is I know you mentioned earlier in this podcast how you always want to be a freelancer and that in the future you sort of have plans to kind of diversify. Um, What sorts of plans do you have or do you have anything or what's in your back of your mind as far as what you want to do beyond modeling in the future?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that freelancing will always be, I mean, I guess I, I never know. Maybe if I get some offer with some company I love, I could consider that. But I, I think for me, just I love the freedom and the ability to grow my business and my work and my income in all these diversified ways. I don't have to make money doing any one thing. And uh, I'm cr- a creative professional at um, you know, at my core, I consider myself an artist, which a lot of people assume means I'm a painter or whatever when I tell them. But really, it means that I do all of these things. And right now, I am kind of slowly working through kind of renovating um, my home. And I have a home studio here. And I w- would love to eventually start getting models uh, in and building my own portfolio of photography uh and continuing to model and and, and stuff but it's it's sort of hard to do both I, i've i've found as i've tried to do both for years so that's the goal in the future is having um uh, just shooting making my own work and i have the space to do a lot of things and i would love to have kind of like a, a group or a meetup situation or people coming in to use the space. It's it's a pretty large um, piece of land and it has a lot of, uh, pers- I guess, perspective. Um, what am I trying to say? Just a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity here. So that's definitely a big goal of mine is to really connect again with my work behind camera. It's so easy to continue to model and get those, um, you know, just people, that's how people see me, uh, with my work. So really getting myself behind camera. And I also am a big like hiking buff. I don't, a lot of people don't know that about me, but I'm a really kind of a wilderness woman. And so, like I said, I have a degree in biology. Like I've spent so much time just camping and backpacking and I know my area very, very well. And it's very, very gorgeous. And, um, I have hopes to do photography tours or um, like a shoot destination shoot in a, a remote location. And I know a lot of people are doing those kind of things. So I'm really trying to network and connect with people who are doing those kinds of projects so that I can in the future do them where I'm at. And I can still, you know, do modeling if I want to or maybe or not just on any given day I can decide if that's where i'm at or maybe i want to be the photographer um, i do some drone i've done drone work in the past and it's Sweet. been a few years since i've um messed with it but there's a lot of a lot of creative creative possibilities there what kind of drone did you have um all i still have and i haven't updated it for years the mavic pro f- th- two Pro, the DJI Mavic Pro Two, I believe it is.
0: I have the same so. one. I love it.
1: You do? Oh, nice. I do. <laughs> it's a great drone. So.
0: yeah, it is. It's it's my favorite toy to play with, probably.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! It's so much fun. <laughs> Such a magical perspective on the the world to see from above like that.
0: Yeah, and if you incorporate drone photography into your future business, that's definitely like something that a lot of people look for too.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely in the goals. So I've, I've just, um, just moved uh, completely. So now that I'm all moved, I can kind of start sussing out those possibilities.
0: That's awesome. Uh, do you mind asking if I ask you, like, how old you are now?
1: I don't disclose my age on the internet just because it's kind of a coveted piece of information about myself and I think other models. And it's like something that I would love to not care what people think about. Um, But because I've just never, I just kind of have kept it private for so long that I'm like, well, you know, what's a few more years, but (laughs) I mean, to my friends and and whatnot, I'm always open about that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, some some mysterious jewels. <laughs> mysterious
0: is it is good for the marketing to be somewhat mysterious.
1: I just it's so funny, and I I don't agree with it, but people pin a pin judgment to age, no matter at which age um, someone is, and it's just like I, I just I'm, I get enough judgment pinned me as someone who you know poses for photographs and it's like a lot of people just see you as this two-dimensional creature but um anytime I can eliminate getting more you know I guess shouts of judgment from the the audience at large out there it's it works for me but at the same time I'm like I want to not care and I love that so many people don't care. Um, so one day, one day. I think that, work through that
0: the world is seeming to move towards more like respect towards all ages, body types, sexualities and all that sort of thing. So aging positivity is definitely something that is always on my mind as well, because I'm like, oh, I'm getting lines on my forehead. Should I be worried about that? Or I'm getting gray hair. Should I be worried about that? Do photographers really care?
1: <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's just I, I love that that it is becoming more accepted Um, as like as people age. Like we we are those people who are judging. So if we're judging ourselves for aging, then it's inevitable. So like you got to let go and, and accept that, that that's going to happen. So um, it is just a funny any weird concept that it's like I just I just how many years have I been on the planet and there's so much sort of like the stigma to, stigma around it I guess
0: yeah I I get it too and I've also struggled mm-hmm. with that myself I've I've always like posted my age I, I keep my age on my Model Mayhem profile and and all that stuff as my actual age and I have wondered mm-hmm. like when I when I first turned twenty five or twenty six I think that the Um, the default settings for searching for a model on Model Mayhem, I don't know if it's still this way, but the search engine default settings when you're searching was 18 to 25. And that's kind of like the standard for searching Mm -hmm. for models, 18 to 25. And I was so scared that when I turned 26, that I was going to fall off the map and that people were just going to stop wanting to work with me. But in reality, when I turned 26, that's kind of when my full time traveling was really picking up. So I was wrong. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been surprised by how uh, I guess. Yeah. Just by how little age really matters in the modeling industry, especially in the kind of the more art world. I get the you know, maybe the more corporate fashion world is different. It's a whole different ballgame. But. It's like we never have to stop modeling if we don't want to. I don't I really I truly believe that. And all the people who've ever said, oh, what are you going to do when you're X you know, amount of years old? I, I mean, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll still be doing this. It depends on depends on how I feel and what what's going on with my life. Um, there's so many ways to model and create art that it doesn't matter how. Old we are, or what we look like. Honestly, there's just so much creativity to be uh, had. That those things are. I, I mean, it's it just depends on your your pathway. I guess it's it's always a question. If it's a question of making money, maybe that's a concern. But if it's a question of making art, there's there's always going to be money, and there's always going to be art to be made as well. So yeah,
0: that's a good way to look at it. I like that perspective. And there's always models that are older than me that I look up to also who seem to be continuing in their success, which is an inspiration.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it really is for everybody. Now I would like
0: to introduce another segment that I'm going to have regularly on the show, and I'm going to call it the, the Rising Phoenix Experience answer this question for me. And if it takes you a minute to think about it, that's okay. I'm sort of blindsiding you with this one. Is there a moment or an experience in your life that was a challenge that you had to face and and push through it regarding to your modeling or anything else in your life that's not necessarily related to your career? What's something that you had to overcome, whether it was an insecurity or like a life situation that has changed you for the better or perhaps something that you're facing right now that you're looking into, like needing to make a shift?
1: Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like it could go, I could go so many ways with it. I think that my true Phoenix moment for my past comes from um, overcoming some of the seemingly most insurmountable obstacles that I could overcome regarding mental health and insecurities. I I used to have, I used to be so insecure that working in the industry that I work in now as a model and with other women, and it is so empowering to have overcome kind of what I've been able to overcome. And basically I used to be so overcome with this insatiable and uh, just ever present jealousy that was really rooted in insecurity. So it was more around my personal relationships, but it definitely carries over into um, my, my personal romantic relationships. But it definitely carries over into other kinds of friendships, uh, working r- relationships, or what what have you. And as a model, I'm constantly with other women and we're all naked and I have, you know, it's like constantly I could compare myself or, or not. And so to have overcome through years of therapy and just meditation and, and, um, you know, just self healing, all the things that, that it took to do that, I I've really been able to get over this intense, like it felt like I could see this jealousy. And I was like, that's not me. I don't know why I feel that way. And and um, so to have gotten over that and feel like, oh, well, now I can, I can be around anything. Like, I feel like I can do anything. If I was able to overcome something that seemed like just the crushing weight of just absolute insecurity, absolute, like, I'm never going to be as good as this person for whatever reasons. And to just live with that literally all of the time and now to be in a place where i have um i can accept myself in any moment and really work through that and not not feel these feelings of um, of envy or jealousy or insecurity or of lack um there was a lot kind of wrapped up in that um that feeling that that kind of shadowed my life for a long time so i think yeah to overcome that and to have risen from the ashes of of those kind of difficult emotions it's just I feel like um unstoppable and I I have my just the ways that I practice not judging myself and really accepting myself even even in the face of sometimes feeling like oh I feel insecure about this thing and I can really like take that and hold it and and work with it rather than be consumed by it and let it really ruined my life so um i feel really freed of that and just it's like yeah really much like a like a phoenix just just totally soaring above this this thing that um that felt like fire for so long
0: oh yeah i've felt the same way over the course of my life as well when it comes to comparing myself to others and wondering or worrying if other people thought that you know that girl's better than me, or more experienced, or more skilled, or prettier than me. And when I first got Instagram, actually, I, I did compare myself to others a lot. And I thought, should I get boob implants? Oh, do I need to fix this part of my body? And it was uh, mm-hmm. a mental struggle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's still, it's, it's a constant conversation that, you know, that, that I have, you know, throughout life with myself. It's not like that Um, And like, I never feel insecure ever, but I know how to communicate with myself and to how to how to deal with those feelings in a way that doesn't like just, you know, ruin my life. Basically, it was um, it was hard. It was really hard for a long time. And it some days it's still hard with other things. You know, life is life is hard. So it's not it's not always easy by any means, but it's just to be feeling like. Oh, I really overcame something that felt impossible to to exist outside of, so it's um it's really empowering to get to share space and see other people as beautiful and we can we can all be our individual selves and like I don't know I always ever since I was little just thought the world is the world needs everyone it has in it as otherwise it wouldn't be what it is so whoever I'm around, I was like, this, this group or this dynamic, it wouldn't be the same without, without whatever group of people I'm with or, or without, uh, like a moment, but even on by myself, it's, it wouldn't be the same without, without me, you know, without me accepting myself. It's not the same without that. So.
0: Yeah. Have you done other group modeling events also?
1: Yeah, I've done, um, quite a few, I guess, multiple model shoots or shoots with another model and various group shoots over the years. Um, so most of the time I, I'm modeling with myself and all of that, you know, comparison comes from seeing other things on the internet. But then it's like, I know that the internet doesn't see my full life. So I know that I'm not seeing the real, you know, 100% truth behind everybody's picture and just to really take it with a grain of salt and I always tell people too that you can create anything. I just don't trust anything on the internet you can create an image to look however you want it to be um so taking everything with a grain of salt and really just being super gentle with myself and forgiving to even if I have like a moment of insecurity not to judge it and you know it's at the end of the day, it takes it takes everybody, it takes the whole community as it is, um, even when we're not together, you know?
0: Yeah, I know when I, when I first got into modeling, I viewed it as a competitive thing, because I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that show, America's Next Top Model, and it's a big competition, no. and they're eliminating models one by one to find the winner. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when I first started modeling, I was really obsessed with that show. And it, I looked at other models like they were my competition, like if a photographer is gonna work with that model, is it because she's better than me or, or something like that. And over the course of time, uh, joining like Facebook groups of other models and going to other group photo events has definitely alleviated a lot of my stress when I feel like I wanna be comparing myself to others.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. It's it's a really easy thing to do and it's natural for us to compare ourselves to others. Um, so I just, you know, I just be gentle with myself. And uh, at the end of the day, again, it's so nice to have this network, like what you're doing with this podcast, what I see a lot of models doing. I really want to be at the forefront of this industry as far as the work that I create, because to be at the whim of just, you know, a GWC when you're 18 or, or when you're 35, either way, it's, it's like, I don't know, I just want to, I just want to be the boss. I want women to feel empowered to set boundaries, to ask for what they want to say no, and to create the kind of work that they want to create with people instead of feeling like, oh, we're just at the whim of some guy or, um, and I'm not trying to take photography or, or the, you know, the photo world away from men either, but I just really want to be, I want to be a photographer for 18 year old models. And I want to be, I want to be a girl's first photo shoot. And I want to show her what a photo shoot should feel like, how it feels to be respected, how it feels to have a photographer, create images of you that just make you feel like wow that's me (laughs) i had no idea that i could look like you know pose like that or or whatever you know emit this emotion through my posing i had no idea that 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 could be possible i just really want to um to be that in the future and to be part of the community that that empowers women to be the boss and to give younger models an opportunity to see like what, what good, how good it can be and, and how bad it shouldn't be. Um, because it really is easy when, when you're 18 or 19 or whatever age, anywhere, any age really to, to be coerced into doing things that later you're going to feel yucky about, or that are going to make you quit or, or worse, you know? So I just, I just want to connect and be part of this community and this is why I was like yes I want to do this podcast you're doing this thing let's um let's go because the time is now and this is a huge industry that a lot of people don't know exists and it's such a great opportunity it doesn't like like you said in your in your intro podcast like it doesn't matter if you're beautiful it's not about being beautiful and that's not what modeling is and to give all kinds of people the opportunity to express themselves through the art of photography and posing and whatever art form that they want to include in that, because I really think that it can involve any kind of creativity and just there's just so many possibilities and so much um, support that can be um, given to to newer models and um, and season models alike so it's amazing and i think
0: the more people that come to, into photography with that mindset where they want somebody to feel empowered and feel Like, there's something, like, beautiful about themselves, even if they didn't realize it before. I think the more of those photos that come out, like, the expressions are going to show to the viewer. And perhaps maybe in the future, the average perception of looking at a photo of, you know, a modeling photo or whatever, maybe people will see them more as, like, a, you go, girl. Yeah, you rock that. Like, regardless of what aspects of their body are, just because the vibe is going to be a more empowered vibe rather than a, a lot of the imagery that has been photographed of models over the last like several decades is just predatory guys getting people to do stuff that they think is going to sell and obviously that's mm-hmm. the more sexually gratifying like pushing people's limits oh I'm going to get this girl to do this thing and, and it's going to sell uh hopefully that shift is happening now
1: yeah yeah I think it is I really think it is
0: And I hope so, too. So awesome. Well, I'd like to let my uh, listeners know that we did connect over setting this podcast up because we met in the group chat about it with a photo shoot event that we are going to be participating in together later this year that is actually run by a fellow model entrepreneur. So all the boxes are being checked. Like, I think it's so great that other models are also initiating businesses to help empower other models and just bring the community together. I definitely feel a lot of positive energy in that group chat on that Instagram group that we're all in.
1: Yes, definitely. And it's it's funny to me that I don't know, in, I've never met in person any of the people in the group chat, yet, um, you know, we're getting to know each other uh, in the chat a little bit and um you know doing some collaborations or whatever i'm seeing pop up there and this podcast uh was um a great uh, little flower to kind of come out of out of that chat for me as well so heck yeah well thank you so much um
0: for for being a part of my podcast
1: yay thank you so much for having me i am honored and it's It's so great to get to talk with you. I've been following your work for quite a few years now. And um, so just so happy that you're doing this podcast. It's something that I think the world really needs and will appreciate. Oh, thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well,
0: I'm going to I'm going to close out this podcast, but before ending it, I want to mention that I will have a podcast notes page. It's going to have links to your Instagram. If you have any other links that you want to share with me, go ahead and like message them to me and I'll I'll put it all together with a photo of you so that people listening can uh, check you out.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. I will send that your way. Right. Well, thank you
0: so much, Jules. It was great getting to know you a little bit over this first guest podcast episode. And I can't wait to meet you in person in June. Thanks.